This is Fantasy Book Club. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Book Club. This is the Internet's Book Club just by listening. You're a member. My name is Colton the Best Man Pratt. Ew. My name is Sydney Lyerly. I like a wedding, not in real. Not as like in universe. <laughs> I, I, I was like, um, I have been asked. Debatable. Uh, who's the best man? Um, I don't know. Be very careful who you say. <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna just move on. We're not gonna say anything. Okay, we are reading <laughs> Fairy Tale by Stephen King. We sure are. We this week we read chapters three and four. And we that's sure all. no we. Yeah, three, four. We read. Oh, you're right. Ha! I looked at I looked at our spreadsheet and I looked at week two and was like, no, we read two and three. <laughs> yeah, the week after this week, we're going to be reading five and six. So make sure you have those read when you come because we would really, really appreciate it. Yeah, it makes life a little easier for you guys. So you're not lost the whole time. Yeah, we'd be very confusing if you hadn't read. Mm-hmm. We'd be so confusing. Last week we ended the thing. Our boy Charlie had a dog that he was under care, under radar. his care, and radar. Radar. And Same thing. He loves her, and he's fulfilling a promise to God, and that's where we left he off. He sure is. So now we begin with chapter three. Read us the uh, that's Cindy's chapter, and she's yes. gonna she's gonna hop into it. Begin. Yeah. So the title. We'll start with the titles. Mm. The titles are a hospital visit, quitters never win, and the shed. That's ominous. The shed. The shed. <laughs> um, and the picture today is a uh, picture of, or like a drawing of um, his hand in a lock. Yes. That's the picture. <laughs> Thanks for letting everyone know. She will post them on Instagram. Yeah, when this I do post up. them on Instagram. They're very pretty. I like them a lot. So it's follow us on Instagram. Touch. It's the Fantasy Book Club podcast. Yeah. On Instagram. Woo! We both sound so out of it right now. We need to go. Let's do this. We Let's got go. This. Begin. Okay. Um. So, starting with chapter three. Uh, it's early morning. Charlie is at uh, Mr. Bodich's house because he's going to feed Radar. And he gets there, and she's, like, super excited to see him, of course. You know, why wouldn't she be? Yeah. And we're going to start off immediately with a dramatic reading because this section is adorable. It's very cute. She was all over me as soon as the door was open, jumping up and putting her front paws on my leg. Arthritis be damned. She followed me into the kitchen and watched, tail wagging, as I scraped one last full cup from her diminishing food supply. While she ate, I texted Dad and asked if he would stop at a place called Pet Pantry on his lunch hour or after work and pick up a bag of dog food. Origin, regional, red. Then I sent another, saying I'd pay him back and Mr. Bodich would pay me. I considered and said a third one. Better get a big bag. It didn't take me long, but Radar was already done. She brought me the monkey and dropped it beside my chair, then burped. Excuse you, I said, and soft-tossed the monkey. She pounced and brought it back. I tossed it again, and while she was going after it, my phone binged. It was dead. No problem. I gave her another toss, but instead of going after it, she limp-trotted down the hall of old reading matter and outside. Not knowing if there was a leash, I broke off another piece of pecan sandy to coax her back in if needed. I was pretty sure it would do the job. Raider was the original chow hound. Getting her in didn't turn out to be a problem. She squatted in one place to do her number one and in another to do her number two. She came back, looked at the steps the way a mountaineer might look at a tough climb, then made her way halfway up. She sat for a moment, then managed the rest. I wasn't sure how long she'd be able to do that without help. Gotta go, I said. See you later, Gator. We never had a dog, so I didn't know how expressive their eyes could be, especially up close and personal. Hers told me not to go. I would have been happy to stay, but as that poem says, I had promises to keep. I stroked her a few times and told her to be good. I remembered reading something that a dog ages seven years for each one of ours. Just a rule of thumb, surely, but at least a way to figure, and what did that mean to a dog, time-wise? If I came back at six to feed her, that would be about 12 hours of my time. Would that be 84 hours for her? Three and a half days? If so, no wonder she was so happy to see me. Plus, she had to be missing Mr. Bowditch. It's really it's so sweet. cute. I just I, wanted to read it because I thought it was cute. I love Radar. Oh, I love Radar too. I also have something to say about yes. the seven years thing. Uh-huh. That's the rate. I, it makes me sad because I see people mess it up a lot. Yeah. That's the rate of like 
relative to maturity towards death. Yes. Time still passes at the same rate to them. So no, yes. 24 hours, if you like 24 hours to them, it's just relative. They happen to live one seventh that humans yeah. do. So relative, they'll be like at one. the maturity But I think, I think the whole point is the fact that humans don't know, like dogs don't understand the concept of time. Very and true. so they don't know, like he's right. Um, the eight hours to us could feel like three days to a dog. Mm-hmm. Like they don't understand the concept of time. And I'm sure they don't fully understand why, they're left all behind. And I'm sure Radar in the situation doesn't understand why Mr. Bodich is not there and why this boy is leaving all the time. Very, know? very good point, Sydney. So I think I think that's, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, really fast, I have something to say before you continue. Okay. A couple things. One, uh, we forgot to say at the beginning of this episode, this book does swear some. So yes. that's an issue for you. You can just, you know, I'm sure there's a censored version online somewhere or just listen to this and that's okay. Yeah. Also, We've been using beeps at, up to this point to to censor when we when they say it yes. because we're not going to change the words, so we're still PG on this show. Yes. If you have some fantasy noise that would be better, message us on Instagram and we will use a. I would like to use a more fun noise than a very mechanical sounding beep. Yeah. Because we're a fantasy book club, not a punk rock book club, <laughs> <laughs> or a broadcast or a space opera book a club. Sp- Space opera? Yeah, it's a type of book. Space opera is a type of... Type of Space opera. Yeah, it's a type of How genre. do you have an opera book? Because operas are It's a type music. of genre. It's a genre of book. It's space opera. What it's is a an thing. opera book? Okay, so Star Wars, the genre is like a space opera. Why is it called an opera? I understand the space part. It's the story part. structure of an opera. It's like the story structure of an opera is a type of... That, that's that genre. What? Yeah, it's a thing. Well, I feel like I know nothing now. Oh, well, it's not that. So that we don't need these, <laughs> we don't need these mechanical beeps in our show. Yes. Um, yes. Get back to it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so he leaves, locks the door, and is headed out when he meets uh, the next door neighbor, whose name is Mrs. Richland. Mm. And he just asks, or not he, she asks how uh, Mr. Bodich is and... Uh, Charlie just kind of tells her um, that, you know, he broke his leg. He's in the hospital. Um, he's taking care of the house and the dog. And she's like, oh, that dog's really scary. And he's like, no, not really. <laughs> not at all. She can't really run or climb steps or do yeah, much of anything. Yeah, she's old. And Mrs. Richardson's like, well, the old ones often, like, you know, bite yeah. you still. And uh, Charlie's like, no. Radar's a nice no. dog. Radar's a sweetheart. She gets a bad rap because she has a big girl voice. Yes. But she's a nice dog. Um, And then he's like, well, Charlie's like, well, I got to go. I'm going to go visit uh, Mr. Bodich in the hospital before school. And Mr. Richland's like, nah, they won't let you in this early. And so we flip the page and it skips to, uh, they did. They let him into the hospital. Yeah. They let him in to visit. It says, she goes, I don't think they'll let you in this early, though. And then it jumps to section two of the chapter, and it says, they did, though. <laughs> I, love, I love that. I actually really, I thought that was funny. It's very funny. Um, Sydney and I were, this is the first time ever, we sat together and read yes. together. And we both, this was, we both got there at, like, nearly exactly the same time and both chuckled together. <laughs> and I've read this book. Yeah. It actually was really fun sitting there, because we don't typically, we kind of usually read on our own time, whenever yeah. we have time. And... Um, like, like Colton said, this was the first time we actually sat there and read together, and it was so funny to watch like the two of us chuckle at things or just Colton flat out laugh. We just were, thought it was funny. It was also funny. We were really close together on timing, and so during my chapter, I I am the kind of person who likes writing things down to remember to say. Yes, and I kept feeling like I shouldn't stop because then I'll lose Sydney. <laughs> We're, we're like we're like three lines apart the entire time, and I felt I felt almost guilty every time I stopped taking notes because I didn't want Sydney to get ahead of me. I did end up finishing before you. Yeah, because I took notes. <laughs> it was the notes, listener. Is that what you're telling yourself? <laughs> Anyways, back to it. So, um, Charlie's in the the hospital, and he goes up to the third floor, and he runs into a nurse. Um, and ask the nurse, you know, how he's doing. And he learns that he's had one operation, he's going to need another, and he's going to need a lot of physical therapy. And um, he, uh, the nurse name is Melissa Wilcox, who is going to be his physical therapist. Mm-hmm. And um, basically he needs the therapy because if he doesn't, he will spend the rest of his life on a walker or wheelchair and he won't be able to, you know, walk normally. Yeah. And... um. 
that's really kind of it for this little section. Uh, the nurse is like, you're the one who saved his life. And Charlie's like, no, Raider did, not yeah. me. And um, the nurse is like, well, did the dog call 911? He's like, well, no, that was me. But mm-hmm. um, So then we skip forward again, and Charlie is now in Mr. Boric's room, uh, his hospital room, and Mr. Boric's leg is, like, up on one of those little contraptions you see in movies. Yeah, you know the and, contraptions. You yes, know the ones. Yes, and he's very. he looks very old, very dark circles underneath his eyes, just very stressed out, not having, which is fair. I mean, his leg is, like, snapped, so yeah. that's 100% fair. So Mr. Boric sees Charlie when he walks in, and he tries to sit up, doesn't really have much success, and is, like, Tells Charlie that he's feeling awful, which is fair. Yeah. And um, he asks how Radar is, and uh, Charlie has taken pictures of Radar on his phone, and so he shows Mr. Bodich these photos, and he scrolls through them, and it's really sweet. It's very, very sweet. It's really cute. Um, And Mr. Bodich is like, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. And then he says, I guess I need to think about putting Radar down. And Charlie's like, "Um, hold on. What? No, don't do that. Like, I can take care of her. Like, I'm happy to take care of her. My man made a massive leap. I know. I was like, um. Somebody will take your dog. Yeah. Even if you died and they wouldn't put her down, somebody would take your dog. I was like, oh, okay. Um, she wouldn't want to live without me. They- <laughs> <laughs> That's so, no, no. Oh, um, my gosh. Anyways, uh, he's like wait, you'll actually take care of her? Like, you know, can I trust you? And Charlie's like, yes, you know, my dad's getting a bag of food for her today. Um, Six mornings, six evening, that's when you told me to feed her. Like, I will be there, you can count on it. And he's kind of, Mr. Boach is kind of shocked. And he's like, why would you do that? And Charlie's like, well, I like her and she likes me, you know? Yeah. Um, And... Charlie's a good kid. Charlie is a good kid. He's a very good boy. They talk about Radar a little bit more. Um, Nothing yeah. too crazy, just about her being old. Yep. And he, t- uh, Charlie tells Mr. Bodich that he may walk her down the hill. Yeah. And uh, uh, Mr. Bodich is like, well, she's never really been anywhere that much. You know, we walked her up. I walked her up and down um, the street occasionally when she was little, but she hasn't really left much now that she's old. Yeah. Um, and, you know, conversation continues about her being old. It's basically all they talk about right here is just her being old and not being able to move. Um, nothing yeah. too crazy. Uh, Mr. Bodich tells um, Charlie that he can call her uh, him Howard. Oh, upgrades. Um, which is, yes, which is sweet. Uh, Charlie is, doesn't really do that, though. Yeah, Charlie in his head immediately says, I didn't know if I could do that, but I agreed. Which yeah. is- he tries. He tries to. Um, doesn't but really he, he work can't. that much. But Mr. Boach at this point is kind of falling asleep because he's like high on drugs. He has too much respect to respect that wish. He respects Mr. Bodich too much to respect Mr. Bodich enough to call him Howard. I was talking about drugs and you went back to what we were just talking about. Yes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I thought it, I think it's funny when people do that. Like I genuinely have never had that issue where someone's like, call me this. And I'm like, yeah. uh, no, I've always just been like, I'll call you whatever you want. And <laughs> some people say it's because like. I respect them, so I'm going to call them by their last name. So my response is, you respect them enough to not respect their wish for you to call them what they want. Yes. That's weird. That's a weird vibe that you have, in my opinion, Charlie. Yeah. Get your crap together and call him freaking Howard. (laughs) I'm calling him Howard every time from now on. Why? Because that's what Howard wanted. No. But, okay, whatever. Um, So, (laughs) (laughs) moving on. Like I said, Mr. Bowditch is um, high on drugs, like, Pain relief drugs, which yeah. is fair. And he says some weird things. He's about to like pass out and he says some interesting things. So he says, I thought maybe give it another chance. Not for me. Once was enough for me. Life gets to be a burden. If you live long enough, you'll find that out for yourself. But her, radar. And then I got old and fell off the fucking ladder. So he says some just weird things. Sydney, and also, then right, real fast. No, no, this is in the podcast. Okay. You, uh, you, I was zoning, and right then <laughs> I got jump scared by an F bomb. <laughs> hey, I was just reading what it said. Yeah, I okay. actually didn't listener, even. Listener. I didn't even realize what I was going, and then yeah. I, yeah. Listener, we are not going to censor the words when we're reading the words of the book because that's there's a whole thing about like we're intentional the author or whatever. So we we will say it, and we're going to bleep it because that's how it works. I, some of you might say just say freaking. But that's not the the author wrote it the way they wrote it, yeah. and so I think that's important. In my opinion, that's important. 
Anyway, that's why we're doing it this way, not to censoring. Yes. Cindy can go. Um, okay. And then he says, right before he falls asleep again, he says, a brave man helps, a coward just gets presents, and then he falls asleep. And mm -hmm. the nurse comes in and um, asks if the visit was good, and Charlie's just like, yeah, but he wasn't making much sense by the end. Um, yeah. So, yeah. That could also, I don't know, lead up to some theories. Yeah. If you have any later. Um, so keep that in mind. He, she, um, she also says, uh, Demerol will do that. Yeah. In, re in reference to wasn't making sense. Yes. So he was on Demerol, which is a drug, I'm assuming. I would assume so. Yes. Um, skips time again, and now Charlie's at school. He's missed his like first full period, and then he's missed about half of his second one. Yeah. Um, so he walks in. He walks into the office, sees the receptionist, gets a late slip, and um, her name is Mrs. Silva Silvius. Mrs. Sylvia, And she's like, I heard you saved a man's life. And he's like, well, I didn't really do anything. It was the dog. I just called 911. And she doesn't really believe him. And Charlie at this point is kind of tired of people like skimming over the fact that Radar actually helped. And yeah. trying to give him all the credit. Um, and then he, he asks about, so he's taking a picture of Mr. Bowditch's TV. Yeah. And he, because it's one of those really old ones with the antenna on top and yes. the remote. And he asks, um, he shows uh, Mrs. Silvius this picture and it's like, that's an antenna on top, right? Yeah. Mrs. Silvius is like, yep, rabbit ears, you know. This is a boomer thinking the younger generation knows less than we do. Not <laughs> yeah. a single person this person's age. They're older than us, Cindy. This Charlie is older than us, like, in this book. Well, no. He's yeah. only 17. Yes, but the, he. It, this takes place years ago. Well, so he was seven, like, yeah. like. The writer, like he's closer. He's in this point. He's closer to when TVs look like that. Yeah. Than we we would have been would have been. Yeah. Yes, but it, it's like so this takes place in like twenty thirteen something like that. Something like that. It's a boomer writing this, being like, "You kids nowadays don't know anything. We do. None of us will look at an antenna and be like, What is that? We well, we still oh have my. them on most of our cars. Most of our cars right, still have yeah. antenna. You're we right. would we would we would look at it and be like, Oh, an antenna. We see them on TV. This freaking Stephen King boomer energy right now doesn't realize that <laughs> we know what it is. really angry about I, this. Because old people do this a lot where they explain things to me. You're that, right. Like, I just know. Like, it's... it's you right. Anyway, continue. Okay. Sorry. Anyways. Sorry for that rant, young people. <laughs> I hope none of you are old people here because I apologize. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, so she's like, oh, does the television still work? And Charlie's like, I don't really know. And she just tells him about the television and the tubes that were in the back of it, which actually the tubes, I didn't know there were tubes in the back of these televisions. Yeah. They're like vacuum tubes. Yep. I didn't know that. So to be so fair, some of it's this, not explaining, yeah. this explaining, I would understand. The basic antenna, I know what an antenna is. Yeah. If someone showed me a radar, a, a vacuum tube, I would not I would have be guessed. like, what the heck is but that? an antenna? <laughs> <laughs> um, but... <laughs> I She's like believe, the I tubes in the back, the vacuum tubes in the back probably are burned out, so it probably doesn't still work. And yeah. that's pretty much the entire conversation. Yes, and he goes off to class. So now we skip forward again to after class, and we see Coach Harkness, and so he's at baseball practice. Um, and he's uh, Charlie's playing awful, like he, his he's practicing terribly. Um, yeah, and it just kind of goes through how awful he's practicing, and Coach is very very angry. Yes, and very upset, and is. Um, he uh Charlie is struggling to bunt, and Coach is like, "Here, I'll show you how to do it. He does you know, it. do this." He does it really well, and then jumps back to Charlie, tries it again, and does it really bad. And Coach is just fed up, and is like, "You know, give me five laps around the uh the gym." And Charlie's like, "No, I'm not doing it." And um, which is kind of kind of excessive to say no. I, so my thing that I was confused about, not confused. I get the idea. This coach is a jerk, and so I quit. Yes. They, they did not set up the jerkness of this coach. He, like It was like, I was genuinely, when he said no in this book, I was like, what? Oh, wow. Yeah. Because um, it was it was like a page of him being a jerk, and then he quit. And I, that seemed super quick to me. I'm yeah, sure it, it's, we do implied learn, history as well. Yes. He, um, there's details like kind of throughout so far, and then yeah. in the neck, and like coming up here soon that just show that. The coach is definitely a jerk. Oh, for sure. Um, so I I understand, but yeah, he uh, Charlie is like, no, I'm not doing this. Also, and the, the reason he was doing bad is because his mind was on radar and like all the stuff yes, that needed to be done around. Which the is 100 fair. Yep. Um, but he is like, he just basically tells the coach, I'm quitting. Yep. And the coach is so mad. 
and <laughs> yeah. which is fair. And Charlie just leaves. He just walks out. He's really cool, and he just walks out and leaves. And it says something really funny. So the coach says, winners never quit and quitters never win. And Charlie responds with, then call me a loser, yeah. which I thought was really funny. I like that. Um, So he feels kind of bad about letting his teammates down and quitting, but he's like, I have other things I need to do. They'll be fine without me. Yeah. Like they're a team. They can figure it out. Yeah. Um. So then we uh, switch forward time, past time again. And uh, Charlie is now... Outside of Mr. Bonich's house, he's picking up mail out of um, the mailbox and goes through um, into the house. Uh, Looking at how radar. It's mail. Yes. Well, he doesn't actually look at it. Oh, sorry. He just, picks just gets it. Up. it grabs, yeah. yeah. Sorry. He grabs Howard's mail. Mr. Bonich. Can we call it the psycho house, by the way? When he's there, because we sure. say Mr. Bonich so much, I've just noticed you've said that a lot of times. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to call him Howard and call it the Psycho House just well, for some I'm variety. I'm calling him Mr. Bodich because that's his name. Yes, so I'll be the variety on our show on our <laughs> okay. on our podcast for entertainment, Sydney. Okay, <laughs> my gosh, why are you throwing shade today? I am very aggressive today. I apologize. That's so rude of you. I'll sit quietly and let you explain the book. No, it's fine. It's <laughs> fine. I'm sorry. Go back to it. I'm back to I'm back to listening and being a good boy. <laughs> okay. A good reader boy. A good podcaster boy. <laughs> okay. Are you ever that? No. Back at it. <laughs> okay. Anyways. He's at the psycho house and walks in. <laughs> <laughs> Raider uh, jumps on him like always, you know, super excited to see him, which is adorable. Yeah. Um, throws the squeaky monkey at her a couple times and she brings it back and it's really cute. We love it. I love dogs. I love dogs, too. And I love that she's got a squeaky monkey and I love the squeaky monkey. And I love the. He goes into, I really appreciate Stephen King for this, that he goes into detail about the squeaky monkey and, yeah. and Charlie throwing it, because that's just such a cute little detail. He didn't necessarily have to do, but I appreciate it. I agree. Anyways. I agree. Um, Just adds to some cute cuteness in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, And then Charlie goes outside to pick up the ladder, and he walks up to the shed and sees that he can't, because he thinks he's going to put the ladder in the shed, sees that he can't get into the shed because it's, uh, padlocked with a heavy duty padlock, so it's locked, and he can't get in. Yeah. Um, and so he just props the shed like against it, and while he's doing it, radar radar starts to growl. Yeah. And she's crouched down in front of the door, like her ears back, like she's freaking out. And Charlie's like, "What is it? Like, yeah. you know, what's wrong? If there's like a skunk or something in there, like, you know, yeah. I can't do anything about it." And he's in the middle of his speaking, and he hears this weird scratching, chittering noise. Sounds like this. <laughs> that is not at all what I imagined it to sound like. That's extra not what I imagined it to sound like. Like imagine like I always think of it as like something scratching like wood. Okay, here, let me get my mic close to my hand. Oh here, here, no. Here goes my best no. attempt at this. The worse than that. That was not that was not that was not bad. bad. That was yeah. awful. Okay, sorry. Anyways, sorry, 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 sorry. um, he hears this this scratching noise and this chittering and is like, "What the heck?" Radar's barking and whining, and he's backing away or he wants to back away, but instead he like is whacking the shed door, yeah. trying to get it to stop, which it does eventually stop. And he like now there's no sound at all, and he's like, "Well, I could just believe it was my imagination, except for the way radar reacted, because he doesn't think dogs have that kind of imagination, which is probably true." Yeah. Um, but he there's nothing he can do about it, so he just kind of leaves. But he looks back, and he also notices as he's looking back that radar is also looking back at the shed. Theory so, time. Well, yes. not yet. At the end of this chapter, well, the theories. Yes, but that will be good theory. Theory bait right there. Theory bait right there. Um, we skip forward again. Uh, Charlie is playing with uh, the monkey with radar. Um, he gets a phone call from his dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, or actually, no, he calls his dad to tell him that he quit baseball. And his dad's like, yeah, I know. Coach Harkness already called me. Like, he said th- uh, things got hot, but he was willing to, like, let him back on the team if he apologized. And uh, Charlie's like, no, he he was being a jerk. Like, I'm yeah. not. I'm, I'm, we're done. Like, I don't, I'm not apologizing. Um. My head wasn't on straight, and I understand that. Like, I've been focusing too much yeah. on Mr. Bodich and Raider and the Psycho House. And, 
like I just I want there's a lot of stuff I like want to do but I didn't have enough time and now I have the time and his dad I really love his dad here because his dad is like you know I'm not sure why you're doing this yeah but I'm not going to stop you um you still have football like I hope you're not thinking of dumping that because obviously his dad really wants him to get a scholarship for college college. yeah um which is fair but he's also like you, you know He's just supportive. Like, he doesn't fully understand why Charlie is doing this, but he's supportive that he is. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. His, I love, his dad suddenly became a really, really, I mean, not suddenly. It's, I mean, it's sudden for us, the reader, but it happened over time in the book because there's a long gap. Yes. But he is the most supportive and, like, loving dad that I, way more than I would have expected from a freaking Stephen King novel. Yes. A supportive, <laughs> like, family structure. The first chapter, I was like, oh, Stephen King, you did it again, man. And then he became a good person? What? I know. What a, what a twist for Stephen. For sure. Let him go. Um, yes, if you've never read a Stephen King book, not always. I've read some. I've read some good Stephen King books where there's good family. Yeah, but, but it's often a, a theme. But, but, I mean, to be fair, that is makes it a little bit easier to write horror novels, I think, if you've got wild family issues. Yes, or a... a or, like, even a lot of times his books will be, like... Because um, he, he usually writes just straight-up horror, straight horror. horror no- novels. Um, yeah. But a lot of times it'll be, like, the families are really good, and then everyone gets murdered. Or, yeah. like, you know, they all get, you know, possessed by demons, and so the whole family structure falls away. Yes. Which... Yes. Yes. Which makes a good horror novel. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not saying but, he's a bad writer. No, yeah. I was just caught off guard. I know. This guy just became so kind all of a sudden. I know. It, for horror, it's good to have no adult that the child figure can run to. Yes. It's good that they have to deal with it. For dark fantasy, it's a different story. <laughs> and this, that, it's just a cute little situation going on. I know. On. If they hurt There's this dad, of... I will hurt everybody. <laughs> if they hurt this dad. <laughs> The way Sydney laughed makes me think it might happen. <laughs> no, I'm just laughing because the way you paused like you weren't sure who you were going to hurt just made me laugh. I didn't want to threat Steven directly. <laughs> he and I are good friends. Really? That, yeah, that's why I call him first name. Really? Yeah, me, Steven, and Howard hang out all the time at the Psycho House. Is Norman Bates there too? Who's that? <laughs> no. We discussed this, I think, last episode. They call it the Psycho right, House right, right, based right, yeah, on the, yeah, yeah. the film. He, he can be there, sure. For and sure, Norman for sure, Bates for sure. is the bad guy. I get you, I get you, okay. I get you. For sure, for sure. <laughs> okay, get back Anyways, into it. Moving on. I keep derailing um, you. I apologize. It's Your cool. chapter is taking over a half hour now. Okay, we got oh this. Oh my gosh. Go, Sydney, go, it's go, Sydney, go. Okay, um, so... Uh, Charlie's dad is just like, okay, if you're going to quit, can you do this one thing for me? Um, a reporter from the Weekly Sun, which is like their little local newspaper, right, uh, wants to interview you about Bowditch, and I just, can you do that for me? Because it'll look good on your college apps, and you can show why you have, you quit baseball. Yep. You can show that that's why. Um, so he gives him the number, and that's kind of where it ends. Yep. And then it squips, squips? It squips ahead, yep. Squips forward, and we see... Um, Charlie's back at the cycle house to feed radar. Yep. And it's bright and early. Um, he walks down to the shed and like stands by it, doesn't hear anything. He knocks, he hits the door, hears yeah. nothing, and so he's just kind of like, okay, that's good. Um, he bikes away, tosses his glo- his baseball glove up on the um his shelf and is like thinking about it and kind of how he's gonna miss it. But oh well, what you gonna yeah. do? Uh, he recalls the reporter. Um, complains about how awful the newspaper is. Yeah, it's like it's, it's full it's, of it's free. Yeah, but it's full of nothing but ads. And it's also it's just it's just like a local, very local paper. Yes. it's not like anything big or anything. Yeah. Um. So the reporter's name is Bill Harryman. <laughs> That's uh, not how you say that. I think it is actually. I think you, Harryman. I think it's Harryman. Her- I think you nailed it. Harryman. I like that. Bill Harryman. I've never tried to pronounce his name before. Bill Harryman. Bill Harryman. Um, but so he talks to him and just tries to give Radar all the credit. Yep. Um uh Mr. Harryman asks if he can get a picture of uh Radar and Charlie. And Charlie's like, I don't know, like I don't know if Mr. Bodage will be okay with that. Um I will ask his permission, but he's in the hospital. Yeah. So, you know, I'll do that when I have time and 
the reporters are like, okay, well, can you, you know, do this soon? Because I would like to get it out into next week's issue. Yeah. Um, so he agrees. And the reporter also asks about um, whether Charlie was the kid who scored the winning touchdown yeah. against Stanford Prep in the Turkey Bowl last November. Because that's like a big thing. And he was like, yeah, but it wasn't really all that intense. We were on the two-yard line. Like, I really didn't do yeah. much of anything. And he's like, oh, you're very humble. Or you're very modest. And I like that. Essentially, and that's where the chapter ends. He's an extremely modest local legend, like high school football legend yes. kind of deal, which is really cool. That is really cool. Um, theory time. I appreciate it. Yes. Uh, theory, theory time. That noise from the, the shed. Well, first. Oh, sorry. Um, I was going to ask, what do you think, Miss, uh, Mr. Bodich? Do you think Mr. Bodich is uh, his weird... Um, blabbering in the hospital was just drugs or do you think that was anything i think it was drugs curious. that was slightly enhanced i think it was real stuff that was enhanced or edited by drugs yes if that makes something that he said I, I don't remember exactly what he said but same thing with the the flower the jar flower jar i think there yes. was money in there i think it's the kind of thing of uh he's saying stuff that he wouldn't have normally let slip because there are drugs in his system uh-huh uh yeah that's yeah. the answer can I okay. tell you about the the the, the shed. shed? Yes, go for it. What what are your thoughts on the shed, Sydney? Yeah, look, look me in the eyes right now. Hold on, give me one. Okay, I'm, second. I'll give I'll give you one second, and then you just look me in the eyes. Okay. The <laughs> noise in the shed better be fantasy stuff. This is a story we'll about a high school boy so far, and I did not sign up to the fantasy book club for a story. <laughs> it, it better be like fairies or gremlins or some crap. Well, what do you think it is? Come on, give me something. This is theories here. I think Stephen King would not write fairies that are kind like fairies, so I bet they're fairies. I bet okay. Stephen King would write fairies that make weird screech noise and eat your eyeballs or something <laughs> like that. Okay. That does not sound kind of like his vibe. No, it definitely does. That's a hundred percent his vibe. Uh, or maybe like a gremlin goblin type beat that came out of the portal that we know is there because the book spoiled it for us. Uh-huh. Um, or maybe we should stop referencing the portal in case somebody else hasn't heard that trailer. <laughs> um, yeah. or like maybe it's Sandman, the guy who helps you sleep, or like a fantasy dog, or <laughs> something cool, dog. hopefully. Yeah. I hope it's something cool. We'll see. Uh, and then the other I know exactly what it is. I know, Sydney. <laughs> it's torture. The other it's funny. the other stuff that happened in this chapter all is referenced in the next chapter. So we're just gonna get right into that. Uh on to chapter four. The headlines, the titles, sorry, are Visiting Mr. Bowditch, Andy Chen, the seller, in other news, a hospital meeting. I before you start, I just want to say one thing. Yes. This picture, this drawing is freaking adorable. And it is I think it's my favorite one in the entire book. It's a drawing. Of a young boy crouching next to a German shepherd, presumably Radar and Charlie. Charlie. Although so it cute. could be any dog and boy combo. We never know. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, but it's just very cute. And that's all. Okay. And it begins. He basically says the next morning he shows up at the psycho house uh, and he's greeted by Radar who is no longer as like just frantic as she was at the beginning. She must be getting used to like the um, uh, order. Yes. He feeds Raider out of the bag uh, that uh, his dad bought and plays monkey for like a few seconds. Uh-huh. Uh, then he goes to check out uh, the TV and he turns it on and discovers that it still works. And yes. also there's no, there's no, he calls it a zapper, which is just a remote. It's, it's wherever Stephen King is from for remote. Yes. Um, and so he looks for the remote, finds that there's none. Turns it on, looks at the thing, messes with it a little bit, turns it off. And that's all that kind of happens at the house. Uh, he takes a picture of Radar holding oh, yeah. her monkey in her mouth. Which in order adorable. to show Mr. Bowditch. Yes. Uh, and then after school, he, then he goes to school. And then after school, he has no baseball practice. And so he goes to the hospital to visit Mr. Bowditch. Yeah, so basically it ends up happening that Mr. Bowditch had t uh, signed Miss uh, freaking Charlie up to be his uh, like in case of emergency contact. Yes, and so Reed had a form to fill out from the from the person at the at the uh, front desk. Yes, to give all the information about that. Uh, she talks about how he signed Mr. Bodich signed. Sorry, Howard signed a, D <laughs> a DNR. So he is now under. And if you don't know what that means, it do not resuscitate. So if something goes wrong with one of his surgeries, they will not try and resuscitate him. Those let him be dead. Yes. Um. So. Uh, that's kind of disheartening to hear. Yeah, but, but it also takes away from Charlie having to make any crazy decisions. Yeah, but also we learned that Mr. Bodich has no family. Yes, and it's sad. It is sad. It, there's no one to speak of that would that could be his like 
in case of emergency conduct other than Charlie. Yes. Uh, and so then he goes to visit them and it goes to section three. And in section three, he walks in, discovers that uh, Mr. Bowditch Howard is in fact in wake, uh, but he was pretty stoned. And very stoned. Very stoned. Um, he says, you again, which Charlie uh, interprets as old man for I'm very glad to see you, Charlie. <laughs> um, and he, uh, he, this is something that I thought was funny in the moment. Cindy and I laughed at this in the moment. Yes. I'm just going to read you the words this says. Then he smiled. If I'd known him better, I would have uh, told him he should use it more often. Drag up a chair and tell me how you uh, tell me how you like the look of this. Uh, there was a blanket up to his waist. He tossed it back, revealing a, and then the the line breaks, and my brain panicked. Because <laughs> an old man at a hospital says, "Come here, young boy." <laughs> Grabs the waist high blanket and throws it aside. Oh no! I thought, and, and then the term "exposing" is not a good term for the next thing that for that event. Ending it with "exposing a" could be it's revealing a. Actually, sorry, it's just. Uh, and so I took a note here on my sticky note. It says, "LOL, old man exposing himself." Um, <laughs> That's not even what happens. Yeah, underneath the blanket is nothing bad other than a complex steel gadget that, like, your LOL looks like LD. That's all. Continue. Okay. Um, <laughs> it, he, it, it's the one of those contraptions where they like drill into your leg and it has like screws going onto your bone. That <sighs> it's real every gross. time I read this book and I read that section, I shudder because that sounds awful. Yeah, and he shows it to him and tries to does it hurt. And Mr. Bowditch basically says, if I wasn't high, then yeah. Yeah, he's got this little, like, gadget thingy that he, like, clicks whenever he's in pain. And it, like, shoots drugs into him. Yeah. But it can't, he can't, like, overdose on it. Yeah. Or get, like, really, really, really high. Yeah. Uh, Charlie says how long to wear it, and he basically says six months if it goes fast. Six weeks. Sorry, six weeks if it goes fast, three months if it goes unfast. Uh, so yes. it's basically. Unfast? Yes. That's unfast a word. I, as soon as I said it, I knew it was wrong, and I was hoping you wouldn't mention it. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> I'm going to be frank with you, Sydney. I was hoping you wouldn't mention it. Um, Whoopsies. And uh, essentially, he says, I wasn't ex- I wasn't exactly, uh, he wasn't fortunate enough to die during operation, uh, which is really. Yikes. Which is really sad. But he, uh, I don't know. He feels really like helpless and he hates feeling helpless. Which is fair. But he loves getting pictures with his dog. And so. Uh, Charlie shows him some pictures and uh, they he looks at him and appreciates them. And then he starts to call him Mr. Bowditch again. And Can I say one thing? Yes. He, uh, Mr. Bowditch is like, I'm grateful to you for coming to see me. It's really That's sweet. really sweet. He's he's really he is a soft hearted guy. He just hates feeling helpless. Yeah. Or like he needs help with somebody, which is I yes, understand. He's used to being independent. Yeah. And then uh, he says, I like her, Mr. Bowditch. And Howard says, corrects him, makes him say Howard, Howard, which I appreciate. Uh, and he he offers to mow the grass and like do stuff for him essentially. Yeah. And um, Howard says that uh, you can do. Are you looking for a job? And he says no. And he just says I'm doing one it. thing. Yes. Real quick. When okay. he asks about mowing the lawn, he asks if there's a mower in the shed. Yeah. He says there's nothing in the shed. And yes. uh, Charlie says in his head, then why is it locked? Yes. Uh, I hope he gets. I hope he gets curious enough to break in soon. Um, we'll see. We'll see. But then uh, he, when he finds out that Charlie's not doing it for money, he's just doing it because he feels like like he wants to be helpful and nice and kind. Well, he's doing it as payback. Yeah. God. Uh, yes. And also so because he's a good person. Yeah. And so he is. He basically says, "You can't mow the lawn with a mower right now because it's too high. It'll." like make the yard worse than it was before. Yes. Uh, and so there's a scythe in my cellar. And if you go to the cellar and grab the scythe, it's probably a whetstone down there too. So you can, you can. Freaking scythe literally fits a fantasy book so well. Yes, but to mow a lawn, not to do like some <laughs> grim reaping or anything. No souls were reaped here, Sydney. Except for the I souls of the love, grass. I've never even seen a scythe in real life, like an actual one. And so I just love the vibes of the fact that Stephen King could have picked like any other gardening tool, but he picked a scythe. And I think that fits so well that this is a fantasy book. Yeah. Like I know it has nothing to do with fantasy. It's just him mowing the lawn. But it's so, I love that. Anyways, continue. Uh, and then Charlie asks if they can take a picture, uh, the son can take a picture of him and the dog for the, for the, um, the reporter. The re- yeah, the reporter can t- 
the reporter for the Weekly Sun. Yes. Can take a picture of the him and the dog. And uh, Howard says, sure, as long as you, like, aren't on my property. Uh, like, do it out. Take her on a leash, which is by the front door, uh, and uh, take her out on a walk and get the picture outside the gate just so there's no photo of my yard in the newspaper kind of a deal. Yeah. Um, and so they did that. Uh, he basically says that it's he was reminisces that his dog used to be able to walk for a long time and now she can barely make it a mile. Um, but Charlie is willing to, you know. He also says something kind of funny, and I want to point it out real quick. Do it. He, uh, Mr. Bowditch is like, you know, there's a leash, but I haven't, like, taken her on the leash. We haven't walked down the hill. And he goes, you can take her down the hill if you want, like, on the leash. And then he goes, if she got hit by a car, I'd never forgive you. And I just thought that was funny. Yeah. Like, oh. that that statement. <laughs> and yeah. It's because Mr. Bowditch, or Radar, is the only thing he has. Yes. Which is sad, but I just thought that statement was funny. Also. And kind of ironic. Also, I noticed this. Anytime that he, that Mr. Bowditch is made uncomfortable by something that's happening to him, like uncomfortable and like emotionally uncomfortable, yeah. he ups his pain meds. So the idea of the photo, when he's considering it, he pumps the pain meds. And the like anytime that he's considering something that he's not a fan of, he ups the meds for himself. That's funny because I've read this twice now and I didn't actually noticed that i did yeah i haven't that's one of my notes here interesting it's i mean it makes sense though if you're no it does yeah he has this now that he's discovered has made it so he can't think so things that make him nervous it makes sense yeah. that's how people become independent though but he has doctors that are helping him anyway yeah. he really is like worried about radar uh and also talks about that mr budich has no brothers no sisters no ex-wife who passed uh radar was it yes it i don't know if that's what you said earlier is that what you is that mm -hmm. what you're referencing really sorry yeah and it's it's sad to think about it is sad um, and then they, he talks about like a delivery that's coming and, uh, Charlie says, Oh, like a Kroger's delivery. And Mr. Bonus looks at him like he's crazy, uh, and says it's Tiller and Sons, which apparently is a really expensive store near yeah, it's them. It's like a gourmet market. Yeah. That Charlie and his father never, ever shop at. Mm -hmm. Except for the one time his mom bought him a birthday cake from there when his mom was still alive. Yep. And so Charlie, uh, just will say, I'll call them and I'll pay for the order and then cancel the other ones. And that's yeah. essentially what happens. Uh, he says, how are you going to pay for it? And he says, I'll have my dad give me a blank check and I'll just fill in the check with whatever the cost is and then you can pay, pay me back. And so he's keeping track of his costs right now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he goes back to the house basically. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we go to section four, which has been, the type section three was long. Section one and two went instantly and three has been the majority of this chapter so far. Yes. Section four. Uh, he calls the guy from the sun and says that you can take a picture, which is fine. Uh, and he, the reporter, every time they talk, is trying to get more information about Mr. Bowditch. But uh, Charlie's doing a good job at kind of dodging. Yeah, Charlie's doing a great job. But um, we also got to keep in mind that this uh, reporter is very inexperienced, we learn. Mm -hmm. Which is why he's asking questions and failing. Yeah, it's kind of like filling up his resume right now at this like low quality place to try and get to bigger places. Bigger and better places. Um and the super fancy place, he calls them and tells them to move it to uh, 3 o'clock on Monday, which isn't like a big uh, a big thing, just kind of a thing that happens. One one thing that mm -hmm. uh, I want to point out. Um, Radar has no ID tag. Mm -hmm. And so Charlie doesn't know if the government even knows about yeah. her. He, she's, she'll be unregistered, which means if she bites somebody or gets a disease, it's a big deal. But otherwise, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, and while he's talking about it, he gets a knock on the door from uh, Andy, who is the group part of the three musketeers of Andy, Birdie, and Charlie. Yes, Andy Chen. Birdie's gone now, but yeah, uh, Birdie was Birdie was the one friend that they he met. We talked about him last week. He met after his mom died. and His dad was drunk, and they did bad things together. Yes, but uh, Birdie is gone, and Andy comes, and Andy's here, and basically the his coach for baseball is also Andy's basketball coach. Yes, and is trying to guilt. Uh, Charlie to coming back. He even says you don't even need to. He you don't even need to apologize anymore. But he also is like trying to guilt him. He says you're letting the team down. Um, and he says you don't need to apologize. And Charlie says I wasn't planning on apologizing, <laughs> which <laughs> I appreciate. Fair. I appreciate that. Uh, and then Andy says his brain is basically fried, and reveals that the coach has called him by a pretty racist nickname because Andy Chen is an Asian boy. Yeah, uh, calls him by a pretty racist nickname. Uh, which we're not going to say. If you want to read it, you can read it. Uh, but he just finds it funny. He's not actually... He's not, like, offended by it. Yeah, because he knows that he'll go to a college and it doesn't matter in the long run. Uh, so he he is not offended. He just finds it funny because this is an old dude who doesn't care about anything. Uh, yeah. And then... 
they talk about how the dog is not a killer and and he talks about how he's keeping track of the dog and how the dog is yes. actually not a killer because Andy and has the a house bad memory. is not creepy. House isn't creepy. Uh, Howard's not a murder man. The dog isn't mean. All these things that the kids, since they were kids, had these bad impressions. They yeah. get it over it. Uh, the guy says, okay, bye. And uh, Charlie says, later, racist nickname. <laughs> and then they both laugh at it. And yeah. that was section four. That was a section with Andy. So at the beginning when the title was Andy Chen, there it was. Yeah. Nailed it. Uh, wow. Crazy. Section, Who could have guessed? Section five. On Saturday, I got my picture taken with radar is how it opens. So he did the thing that uh, Mr. Bowditch said he could do, Howard said he could do, which was get the leash, take him out front, get his picture taken. Um, and you while, take an adorable picture of radar licking him? Wait, I'm not there yet. Sorry. While they were getting there, basically radar just growls at the reporter and reporter's like, oh, protective. And he says, I guess she is. Um, and they get a cute picture of uh, basically he just put it the cameraman says put your arm around her and when he did radar licked his cheek it made him laugh and then the picture was like a really good picture of the cheek this cheek to tongue contact still happening and him laughing yeah. which is really cute and something of note we're about to do a dramatic reading but something of note the picture at the beginning of this chapter is not the picture in the newspaper I know. it looks like it should be i know but in the picture at the beginning they're both looking directly at camera and they're kind of like distant from each other they're not like cute or cuddling at all i do think this is probably when they first started taking the pictures this is probably what it looked yeah. like they just didn't draw the actual cute picture which like the one that was used which is funny but i did i did notice that the first time i read it i was like oh interesting now it's time it's still to a cute do picture. a dramatic reading are you ready sydney absolutely here we go What's it like in the house? Harry Man asked, pointing to it. I shrugged. Like any other house, I guess. Normal. Not that I knew, having only seen the hall of old reading matter, the kitchen, the living room, and the front hall. Nothing out of the ordinary then, because it looks spooky. I opened my mouth to say the TV was from before the days of cable, let alone streaming, then closed it again. It occurred to me that Harry Man had regressed from picture taking to interviewing, trying to, at least, as a newbie, he wasn't exactly subtle. Nope, it's just a house. I better get going. Will you be taking care of the dog until Mr. Bodich gets out of the hospital? This time, I was the one who stuck out my hand. Radar didn't growl, but watched closely for any funny business. I hope the pictures are okay. Come on, Radar. Uh, and so, it's funny. This this newsman, it's... it's he's kind of not good. <laughs> yeah, he's not good at his job, but he's, it's, it, I like that he is... Every time they've talked so far, the newsman has been asking additional questions, which, yeah. which uh, Charlie has been expertly maneuvering around. Yes. I also appreciate, though, that he's not like he's pushy, but not like obnoxious about it. Right. Like he's not like gets upset or anything when Charlie doesn't answer. And like he respects that Charlie's not responding. But he immediately turns around and the nosy neighbor that they talked to earlier, uh, she's out again. And he immediately turns around and basically starts interviewing yeah. her. Mrs. Uh, uh, Richland. Yeah. And Charlie thinks not much I can do about that and yeah. uh, kind of lets it happen. And then he starts doing chores. Uh, he puts the ladder back on the porch uh, and finds some other stuff under there. It's not a big deal. Uh, and he also thinks about I was getting foolish about her, about his, the dog radar. And he knows and doesn't mind. He really, really, really likes this dog. Yep. Um, and he goes, basically, eventually he goes down and tries to find the stuff for the freaking mowing. A bunch of stuff happens that's, like, not super good. He takes Radar down to the house, to his house. Dad was home. Uh, they The dog chills around. He talks about the interviewer and how bad he is about trying to get questions. The The mowing happens in a, in a minute. Uh, he talks about how he's bad about wants to get questions. Uh, Radar takes a nap. His dad kind of offers to let Radar, like, stay. When when kind yeah he does kind of. Uh, it it, it it's weird. It's it's a weird moment where he's kind of like, you sure you want to take her back? Yeah, like she can stay for the day. She looks like she's sleeping well and comfortable. But Charlie says no. He she'd probably be more comfortable back at her house, and so and Mr. Bodich probably would not be thrilled. Yeah. And so he walks the dog back. Sure does. And now it's section six. Sorry, I jumped the gun on the mowing. He mows eventually, but I jumped the gun. This chapter is long and lots of stuff happens. Yeah. Uh, in section six, the van shows up, had some pretty expensive food. It was a hundred and uh, five bucks 
for just three bags of groceries. That is a lot. Which is expensive because it's an expensive store. Yeah. Uh, but he gets he gets some ground sirloin and lamb chops, which he puts in the freezer. Lamb chops are probably really expensive. Oh, for sure. And he puts them in the freezer basically saying, I'm not going to eat his food. Except for cookies. Except for cookies. <laughs> but I am not going to let it go bad either. So that's why I put it in the freezer. So yeah. Mr. Bodie good for him. Out. Yeah, smart. Smart. Uh, he then finally goes to the cellar, start looking for things. Yes. Uh, finds an old puzzle that Mr. Bodish had half put together but had given up on. Uh, and it made him sad for a reason at the moment he could identify. But future him says it's because he saw all the reading material that had dust on it, the TV that had dust on it. And it was the kind of the um, like leavings of a, of a lonely person who was like running low on things that they cared about. Yeah. Which is really sad. Mm-hmm. And he finds the scythe and whetstone. And uh, takes it out, start and starts googling how to how to sharpen a blade with whetstone. Yeah, and he gets to it. Uh, he took a picture of him sharpening to show Mister Mister Bodich again, and yes. talks about how he kind of missed baseball a little. Well, maybe more than a little. He's missing baseball, but I don't. He doesn't regret his afternoon. He doesn't regret his decision at all. No, which is good. Then section seven. It's the next day. He starts scything the tall grass. Scything. scything. That's such a fun word. It's a great word. Scything. Yeah. Uh, he starts just like, you know, cutting it. Uh, he When he's done after his work, he goes back. His dad made him dinner. Uh, and then dad drove him to the hospital uh, to meet, just talk to Mr. Bodich. Uh, and Mr. Bodich had also had hamburgers. Hmm. Anywho. Which, yeah, you didn't mention that. Uh, that's what Charlie and his yeah, dad had. Yeah, Charlie and his dad for dinner had hamburgers. Yeah. And then. Mr. Bodich had like worse hospital food hamburgers. <laughs> Disgusting hospital hamburgers? <laughs> yeah, hospital burgers. While Charlie had fresh burgers. Yeah. I assume. Uh, and then he shows, uh, Charlie shows Bodich the pictures he always shows uh, of radar plus the one of the scythe, scythe and one of the lawn being like halfway done. I also want to point out real quick that um, uh, Mr. Bodich has maxed out on his pain meds. Yeah. Because the pain is getting worse, and he, I'm assuming he's getting used to the meds, and yeah. so it's it's not he's pushing the button and it buzzes at him saying that he's not able to add it anymore. Yes, which is sad, but like it's fair that that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and they he says they might let me out on Sunday. We're not sure yet, but they might let me out on Sunday if I'm healing good. Uh, and there's like this whole recovery plan that he's not a fan of that's apparently going to be happening. Yes. Uh, and. He is like trying to, he doesn't have a good way to put into words why he's feeling this way. And Charlie's able to do it for him and saying there's too many people that he's not used to. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Bodish really does appreciate that he understands. Um, and eventually he's like, I'll I'll make up the the futon on your first floor for you because you can't walk upstairs. Yeah. I'll make up that if you tell me where it's so far. Then he says, it's in the linen closet. Have you been up on the second floor yet? And Charlie Sheik said, no. And he says, now's your chance. Go grab the bed for me and make the bed for me in the linen closet. And he went to the door. And uh, before he can leave, Howard said his name. He turns around. And he says something really, really sweet here, which says, you're the best thing that's happened to me in a long time. I'm going to trust you. I can't see any choice. That's so, I oh, so cute. It's very sweet. It was super duper cute. Yes. Then it cuts again. He tells his dad that it happened. And then it cuts again. Yeah. Uh, it's now Thursday. He knocks on the shed door again. Uh, he did not. He did not like the building, but he still feels like he knocks on the door to see the something in there. Yeah. And nothing replies. Uh, he thinks maybe I imagined it, and Radar somehow also imagined it. Uh, but that's not how that works. Yeah. So they're <laughs> unsure about that. But then he finished scything around the yard and he brings on Friday, he brings up the mower and mows and freaking uh, radar hides inside while he mows because she does not like the sound of the mower. Which is also fair. I feel like most dogs don't like the sound of mowers. Yep. He was mowing along uh, when his phone vibrated and the hospital was calling. Freaky. Yeah. He was very worried that Mr. Burnish had died. But no. Which is fair. That's yeah. a if you're getting a call from the hospital, it's a hundred percent fair thing to think. Yeah. Uh and they called to basically say they want to talk about Mr. Bodich's recovery and aftercare. And they want him to bring a parent or guardian as well because he's not an adult. We meet Mrs. Ravensburger. Here which is a such a fun a name. Second. No, because she's the one who talks to him on the phone. Oh, you're right, you're right. Come you're on right. now, Colton. My bad. 
Are you uh, reading or are you not reading? Uh, <laughs> she says, I saw you in the picture. And he assumes he's talking about the sun, but later finds out that there are, oh, he's in a lot of papers. So maybe yeah. not the sun. Like the Chicago Tribune. Yeah. Like a lot of like large papers. He's He apparently is in a lot. And he says, it makes me wonder if Gina Pascarelli, my dream girl, had come across it, which is. His dream girl is a senior. Yeah. And she plays something. Does she play like volleyball or something? I have no idea what you're mentioning. We're talking about right now. Maybe not. I thought she played a sport of some sort. Maybe she does remember. later, but right now, none. Um, uh, well, I thought it mentioned earlier that she played a sport. Maybe. Maybe not. Sorry, Her, his, his dad says that the picture is probably in five to 600 newspapers coast to coast, not to mention all over the internet. So he, he kind of became a five fifty. He says everybody gets their 50 minutes of fame. Here's yours. He Here's your quarter hour. His, his 50 minutes of fame because of the thing. Um, and they went and got food to celebrate. Which is so fun. It's very that. fun. Love his dad. Now it's on section nine. Wow, this chapter's a lot of sections. Here we go. Section nine. We're beginning. It sure does. Uh he meets in Ravenberger's office with a young woman named Melissa Wilcox, who's yes. the physical therapist person that he's that Bodich has been talking to kind of regularly. Yes. Um, and they talk about a plan they set up where she's gonna see him twice a week. It's supposed to be four times a week, but Bodich refused to let her come that often. Which is not surprising. Yeah, which is not surprising. Uh, there's a bathroom on the first floor, which is good. And there's like a bunch about like, he'll need a lot of your help, Charlie. Like, are you able to do this? And at first, they're kind of like asking the dad if Charlie will be able to do this. Yeah. And then later on in the interview, they begin, begin talking more. Charlie has to, to clean Charlie. the pins that are stuck in Bodich's leg, oh. which is disgusting, I imagine. And yeah. also very painful for Bodich. Yeah. Uh, they talk about how there's stuff that needs to be install installed for to get for him to be released, like safety bars for the toilet and stuff. Yeah. And Charlie's like, I can do it. And then immediately in uh, his brain, he thinks there's more YouTube videos to look up because I don't <laughs> know how to do it. Um, you can find is, anything on YouTube, you know? Yep. So essentially he has to... Uh, he has to start caring for him in his home, like cleaning the bedpan and, like you said, cleaning the disgusting little into your leg rods. Um, Makes me shudder. It's she, disgusting. She gives him a pamphlet that says home care for dummies. That's well, not actually what it's called. Oh. But it's basically what it is. Oh, the title wasn't home care for dummies, but it could have been. Yeah. I misread that. I misread that now and when I read it originally. <laughs> I genuinely thought it was just a title. And I remember thinking, that's kind of rude. No. <laughs> Uh, that's not what it's called, but that's basically what the book is. Uh, but yeah. Or the pamphlet, I guess. Uh, essentially, they talk about how he's a, pr a grouchy private person, but he's nice. And uh, his dad goes, what's his insurance situation? And can you say? And Mrs. Ravensburger does not like uh, talking about money, but they say they're paying out of pocket, which is or paying personally, which is wild. Yeah, that's a wild a thing. A lot of money. Yep. And, and then, so again, we wonder. Where is Bodich getting this money from? Mm-hmm. Theory. Theory. Uh, one more weird thing really fast. They end the chapter. He does this a lot. He ends the chapter with something that's not really relevant to the re remaining chapter before it. Yeah. He ends the chapter with just Charlie and the nurse having a nice conversation about yeah, her attending. Yeah, Melissa. About her attending LSU. What a weird thing to end this and whole- playing basketball and volleyball. This whole giant chapter with. Yeah. Do they end up being loved, lovers? What? Dude? I picture it being like 22. So 22 and 17 is not that weird. Do they end up being That's like true. dating? Because she's going to be coming over twice a week. That's a theory. She's, they're dating. Oh. Because I think she, goes, she went to LSU. Uh-huh. I think he's going to end up going to LSU because of her using her as a reference. And maybe they get together. Who knows? Interesting. Because you said that the dream girl played volleyball, but she actually played volleyball. I don't actually remember, You know, but, but I think I think you've mixed in your brain the dream girl and, and Melissa. Maybe. I've nailed it and you know it. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> I've cracked the code like an egg. Okay, I also have a theory about his money. The portal gives him gold. Oh, that's interesting is there, too. Is there gold in the portal somehow, or some? I other, don't know. Some other money making opportunity through the portal. That's my theory. And my other theory know. is he wasn't crawling back from a gutter mistake. He was crawling back from a portal mistake, and he he uh, had the ladder out for some other reason. Oh. And he crawled there because he knew that somebody would find him there, and he wanted somebody to find him because in he had a whole excuse made up because he couldn't okay. he couldn't say the portal did it. 
That's okay. my theory. I had no idea how I got the padlock back on, but I think the story would be a lot more interesting. <laughs> I was about to ask about the padlock. I was literally thinking about the padlock and I was about to ask about I it. I think the story would be very interesting if that was the case. Interesting. It probably is not the case, but it'd be neat if it was. indeed. I hope that they go through the portal and not that it's like a portal that spits stuff out at them. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's two different ways it could yeah. be. I hope it's like a you go through the portal and find stuff type portal. And I not hate like the fact a, that you know there's a portal in the shed. Well, otherwise these discussions would be way more boring, Sydney. That's true. Um, right now, for those, if, Sydney, you, if, if you there was no portal, read, it, I would be if so. If I didn't know, I would be drowning. If I didn't know, I had something why, to look forward to. Maybe that's to, why they tell you there's a portal in the show. Because if I didn't know there was something to look forward to, I would just be like, "This kid is being nice, and that's great." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably why they tell you there's a portal. I would hope so to get you prepared for when the portal shows up. That's all the theories I have. Maybe it doesn't have, show up. Maybe we never learn about the portal. Maybe ever. there's no portal. Maybe maybe Sydney's just a butthole who made it, just like the day <laughs> in the life book club instead of. <laughs> Fantasy Book Club. <laughs> no. Welcome to the end of the chapters we read this week. I'm going to rate these two chapters overall 7 out of 10. You didn't do each one individually. I know, 7 out of 10 as an average. We also want to try a new thing. I'm going to read the, oh, the yeah, titles for the oh. next chapter, and we're going to see. You're going to see. I know what happens. If I can guess what happens. Or I vaguely remember what happens. So Continue. the title is is Shopping. My father's pipe. Well, how about you do each one individually and okay, say shopping. what you think that means? They go to the mall. My father's pipe. <gasps> he smokes something. <laughs> uh, a call from Mr. Bodwich. Mr. Bodwich, sorry. <laughs> uh, maybe the hospital's keeping him longer than he expected, and it's like a bad call. And the flower canister. He, oh, the sh- the call from Mr. Bodwich. He's dying for some reason. The flower canister. He says, there's a secret Look at the flower canister to find the money in the secret. And that's what that one is. That's my prediction. And when I'm right next week, I'm going to do a celebratory dance. It's going to be so exciting. <laughs> okay. Okay. You do that. And hold me to that. If I'm right, I'll dance. Uh, and that is the end. And there's nothing else to wrap up, I don't think. So now it's time to rank the characters. Okay, we're going to go fast because we're running long. Here it goes. This is our week one list. It is Radar, Charlie, Lindy Franklin, Dad, Mr. Bodich, I call him Howard, Andy Chen, Miss Cece, Craig, Coach Harkness, and Birdie. And then in the dead tier, it is the mom. That's sad. And so we're going to go through, I think, easy. Radar stays one. Charlie stays two. And then uh, I think Dad beats Lindy Franklin. Lindy Franklin was a good person. Very yeah, good person. but we haven't seen him. And the dad and was I a very good person in this chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then four, I think once I think Mr. Bodich also beats Lindy, but Lindy can stick to five. Yeah. But Bodich is kind of funny in this chapter. He actually kind of likes Charlie. He decides to trust Charlie. I like that yes. a lot. Uh, I think Bodich, uh, Lindy can go to five. Andy Chen, Cece Craig, Coach Harkness. Coach Harkness can go down to wish you were dead. Really? No. See, the issue really? is. I don't really. Look, look at me, Sydney. Okay. The issue with a world that's not a made up world entirely is that when I say I wish you were dead, it's just a person who could exist. Like, it's <laughs> I don't not think like, I wish he was dead. He's like, kind of a jerk, but I don't think he. Okay. He's he the bottom dead. of the living tier. If he does anything worse, maybe. Okay. But like in real life, there's nothing anybody in real life could do that would make me want to kill them. Yeah. If somebody in a magical world who's fairy magic to like curse a girl, I can be like, oh, you suck nuts. Yeah. But if it's a, if it's like this guy's a coach who's kind of mean sometimes yeah it's hard to say i wish anybody so, here would die we also met um mrs richland which is the nosy neighbor she can just go below lindy below Cece, below craig she can go below I craig think he... above birdie <sighs> yeah yeah i think she goes yeah i agree i think mrs ravensburger and melissa i think melissa should go below lindy Below Lindy. Yes, I agree. I like her. I think Ravensburg and Melissa go together below Lindy. Melissa can go. I mean, yeah. I think Melissa goes right above. Yeah, Melissa above Burger. But I think they both go right below Lindy. Ravensburg. That's a fun name. It is. Mrs. Sylvius, who was the receptionist. I think think we we need to put Andy Chen in here, too. I think he goes below Mrs. Ravensburg. Yeah. Well, right before there is. Yeah. Yeah. That's where Cece and Craig and them are. Uh huh. He's just the top of the old group. Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, Mrs. Sylvius, who's the receptionist, she can just slot right in with Cece and Craig. Yeah, I'll put her, I think... I actually kind of like Cece and Craig better. Okay, she can go right below them. I'm fine with that. Uh, and then Bill Harriman, who I forget who that is. He's the reporter. Oh, right. He's neat. Um, n- b- Below Ravensburger? Kind of nosy, but yeah. Below um, I kind of like Andy... Okay, below Andy. Yeah, that's fine. I think. Yeah, that's fine. Below Andy. That works. 
There's, I'm not too impressed about this because I don't think mostly people are going to return, to be honest with you. Yeah. Is that everybody we saw? Um, yes, I believe so. All righty then. Uh, I mean, there was a random nurse, but she wasn't named, so we're not going to count her. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, that's not everyone we saw. Are you sure? Yeah, because we it was Sydney, we added one, two, three, four, five new characters, but we only moved down two lines. There's three characters that we added that are on oh, the list. Oh, because I didn't put Coach Harkness or Birdie in here. Yeah, Coach Harkness, Coach Harkness and Birdie are on the bottom. Do you want Birdie Coach first? Birdie, then Coach Harkness, yes, for sure. Okay. Not that we've ever really met Birdie. Yeah, but Coach Harkness is worse. And then, of course, Mom stays in dead tier. So dead. here's the new list, and it will be read as if a dog suddenly learned to talk. Rhea, Charlie. <laughs> this is a bad game. <laughs> I'm just going to become scooby <gasps> Dad, Mr. Bowditch, Lindy Franklin, Melissa, Mrs. Mrs. Ravensburg. You've become the Grinch. I did. Frick, everyone <laughs> stumbles back. What does Scooby sound like? Like, Scoob. I'm just going to do Shaggy. <laughs> Lindy Franklin, Melissa, Mrs. Ravensburger, Bill Her- Harriman. That's a good name. Andy Chen, CC Craig, Mrs. Sylvius, Bertie Coach Harkness, and then in the dead tier, Mom. You did so many different voices there. I don't even know what to think. Thank like you. that was like a hundred different voices. Thank you for listening, my friends, to this episode. That's been chaos. A fantasy book club. It's late. We're tired compared to normal. It is late. It is ten nineteen at night. Yes, and this episode has gone longer than normal. Woo! So we're getting this crap done. You better love it. Thank you Woo! for listening. If you made it this far, you did love it because it'd be whack if you kept listening and didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, and thank you. I'd like to say to you, my audience. You should follow us on Instagram. Links in the description. Also, thank you to Alesia who made our music, uh, which is called Windrunner Remake. He's on Spotify, and that name is A-L-E-Z-E-I-A. His link is also in the description. A link to our website is also, also in the description. Lots of links in the description. There's also a third link in the description. I don't, even, I don't even remember what it goes to. It's down there, though. And so you should click on it, too. I promise it's not, a, not anything bad. Um, uh, I'm tired. I'm ready to be done. My name is Colton Make Pratt. Sure, no, we're not done yet. Ah! <laughs> Make sure you read chapters five and six for next week. Or Sydney will jab a bunch of rods directly into your leg, into oh, the bone. Oh, no. 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 That might be one of the worst ones. Okay, sorry. Sydney will refuse to empty your bedpan. <laughs> but, <laughs> Sydney will cut you with a scythe. Ah, yes. Sydney will grimly reap you. <laughs> My name is Colton Pratt. And I'm Sydney Lyerly. I love you. Peace. Why are you still here? The show's over.